And it's time to say goodbye. Wrap it up a little bit. Some transition here. Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris from CBS2 filling in for Bernstein and Holmes today. Nobody filling in for Danny Parkins. Just Matt Spiegel <laughs> riding solo. That's right. It's about time. It's about time the afternoon sheriff showed up. And you know, know what? what? I'm this this uh this segment needs some more positivity. That's why we're glad you're here. Yeah, yeah, positivity because Gabe has been very negative in yeah. his positive thoughts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> driving me crazy. Marshall's not... just been keeping me aligned up. Just you know, every time I'm like, oh, but the but the Bulls, no, Gabe. Yeah. <laughs> but the White Sox, no, Gabe. But the Bears, uh, no, Gabe. And well, like, okay. yeah, no, I, I, I that does not sound like the Gabe I know. Gabe I know is very melancholy, very sad. Oh, is that right? Looks inward a lot. That's, that's because I'm always the two when we're working together and now it was the one and then I had to step it up a little bit. Radio, you know? has, uh, radio has the power chair. Yeah. Um, it is Spieg solo all afternoon on Parkins and Spiegel. Danny covered me as I was sick on Thursday and Friday so I will uh, happily give the man a day today on uh, on the national holiday. As it should be. Yes. Uh, you know, doing some stuff. MLK Day. We've been We've been shouting it out as much as we possibly can today. Yeah, I, I've been I've been thinking about it a lot today because like it's been in the air a little bit. My friend Greg Cott um, tweeting about the Staples singers and how Pop Staples like met with with Martin and realized, hey, if if a man this smart and this thoughtful can do it, then we can sing it. And that like led to the decade of the Staples singers. And Greg wrote a book about it called I'll Take You There, and led to the decade of that. So I've been thinking about it musically, playing some staple singers at my house as I show prepped. Wow. And then somebody um, somebody tweeted a, a letter that Jackie Robinson wrote Martin Luther King as he joined his, I believe it was the Southern Poverty Alliance. I might not have that, that wording correct. No, no, I know what you're talking about, but, though. And it was Jackie Robinson writing to Martin Luther King. And I, and I was reading that and thinking about that. So it's been just kind of rolling around my head, as it should be on a, on a day, like, uh, day like today. Um, you, you, were, you, you were on a panel the other day. Did you moderate that panel? I saw pictures of our colleagues, Lawrence Holmes, Jason Goff, among others, over there with you. Yeah, so I was on a, I was on a panel uh, where I was moderating, as you said. It was our uh, inaugural Martin Luther King Jr., uh, NABJ, National Association of Black Journalists, the Chicago chapter, sports brunch. So our president, Brandon Pope, said, you know what? This is a good time because we have people in this industry who are doing well. And we're trying to like mm-hmm. really figure out the diversity, the inclusion, the equity of it all, and how to get to where some of these people got. With You're talking about Lawrence Holmes, yeah. Jason Goff, big figures here in Chicago, uh, Shakia Taylor, um, Tony Gill. So like... We just discussed, like, how did you get here? Some heavy hitters in our, Some big in our people business. Right there. Shout yeah. out Tony Gill one time. Yeah, so, like, we just discussed, like, how did you get here? Curly, what was Curly Fro on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. And um, But really just the conversation of what, what, where are we trying to go now? And are we to where we want to be? How do we make this easier for the next people who want to do what we're doing? Because mm-hmm. a lot of it is there's so much in representation, mm-hmm. right? When you just see yourself, like when I was growing up and I saw myself in so many figures where there weren't that many people, like you can go from like Oprah Winfrey to like Stuart Scott, um, for me, guys like John Saunders, and you're just like, hey, those are people who look like me doing this job. Maybe Mm -hmm. I could do that. And I don't think a lot of people sometimes understand how much impact that can have when you just see people like yourselves doing things that you probably never thought you could do. 
But once you see other people doing it, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's a real possibility. Maybe I'll do that. And that's how I really, I literally got into this industry, not even because of television or radio, but because there was a, a columnist, Reggie Benson, who wrote about Alabama A&M, football, basketball, everything in Huntsville, Alabama. And you know, when you're a columnist, you get your picture in the paper. Yeah. They put it at the top of the column. Oh, yeah. And you so saw this it. black guy, I was like, oh, you know, I never really thought people are actually writing this stuff when I was like, you know, nine, 10 years old. And I was like, I could do what he does, wow. Reggie Benson. <laughs> And that, like that's Marshall, how I started. Marshall Harris is a nine-year-old thinking it's saying you can outright. <laughs> Yo, y'all don't remember reading the sports? Reading the sports? Of course, pages? sure. Yeah, sure. Like, well, yeah. I mean that—that's that. Those are the kind of moments that inspired all of us in different ways. But did you ever get a chance to tell Reggie Benson? Absolutely. That? And he was like, he laughed so hard because he just—I don't think he at first hearing it like processed it and then he like probably not he was just living his life doing what he could. But then he understood. That he it. had somebody who inspired him. Obviously, he did. And so like. That's the thing that a lot of people who don't get it just don't get because mm-hmm. they it's not a thought to them because they just never. Yeah. It, why would they? And in that kind of situation, Marshall, I mean, obviously there are there's more representation now. Absolutely. Than there was back then. Do you feel like that gets lost a little bit in the newer generation or do you think they're still motivated by seeing? Those yeah. Things? And I think the next kind of uh, challenge is because you do see it now like you know you watch in the morning if you like sports you like it's Stephen A. Smith it's it's sharp it's like there's these different figures I think now the next step is like my college roommate he went the management track we both studied the same Mm, stuff he's a general manager at a TV station and so like now people don't know like hey this is also a viable option to be behind the scenes on that management track doing producing you don't have to be in front of the camera in front of the mic you bet or have the pin to, to do stuff. Okay, in a related story, uh, Kevin Warren to be introduced tomorrow. Exactly. As the president of the Chicago Bears. And I saw that the president of the Washington Commanders had tweeted uh, a congratulations and a thank you to Kevin Warren, who was a, a model for him and an emblem of possibility for him as he was coming up through uh, executive ranks. Yeah, that'll uh, be carried here on 670 The Score, 12 o'clock. There we go. Make sure you guys check that out. And uh, tomorrow, full-on Parkins and Spiegel reunion with Parkins and Spiegel and Tanny and Shane. You are listening right now to Sports Radio 670 The Score, WSCR HD Chicago, WBMX HD2 Chicago, an Odyssey station. Um, by the way, I forgot you are from Alabama um, originally. There's still It's still King slash Lee day on the books in Alabama and Mississippi, I believe. I did not even realize As Marshall, as Marshall looks away. <laughs> it is that's disgusting. So most people know about the story, like when the, oh, the MLK man. Day was federal holiday, the whole thing that happened in Arizona with it, the Super Bowl. Like yes. Like, you know, sports, microcosm of society, you can always connect sports to what's going on in the mm-hmm. what I call the real world. And back then it was like, you know, mm-hmm. we celebrate Robert E. Lee Day in addition to, because we're not just going to let y'all have that. Yeah, you can't just have a Martin Luther King Jr. No, day. No. We're going to go ahead and pair it with a Robert E. Lee day. But they also celebrate like Jefferson Davis's birthday. Like, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Look, look, they're state holidays. My mom worked for the state. She was a physical therapist. She worked for the state. She's yeah. like, I'm going to take these holidays just like everybody yeah. else and not even worry about it. Like, <laughs> Listen, Christopher Columbus Day, I'm off. <laughs> I was like, I'm looking yeah, at it so and like, I'm like, yeah, hey, you know what? I don't like this. 
but I ain't working today. Okay, I, I just want to let you know that. I drive by the shrouded, <laughs> covered statue of Columbus <laughs> like every day of my life over here at Columbus and Rose. I remember growing up in Chicago, we had our Casimir Pulaski Day. Not the same, but you just, you know, these random days that exist. You just take them. Like take a em. day exists where I don't have to yeah, work. Yeah. I'm taking that day. Yeah. Love Pulaski. <laughs> That's my guy. Long time Casimir hey, Pulaski. against Casimir Pulaski? Represent. Polish hero. Adam Szczynski, tell us. Tell us about Kaz. What did he do? He's a revolutionary hero. Okay. Is that all you got? That's I got to remember it now. Yeah. Oh, Come on. Oh. That was your moment. Like, I was ready to learn. I was ready to learn. I'm going to look it up when I get off the air. Like, and I love my days off. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, no uh, days off here. Talking about a ton of sports speaks. I know you didn't have a day off this weekend. What? what were no, I, was just, I thought you were going to just make sure you asked him about Vooch. Cause I, I Where are you at with Vooch? Um, that was a lovely, lovely night for Vooch. I saw some people <laughs> writing... I saw some people writing like, oh, he makes a case to like run the ball through him. Um, they do run the ball through him a lot, and yes. it's usually a little bit sloppy on the passes, a little bit more sloppy than, than I'd like. What he had last night was a red-hot hand from three, and, and, and that changed everything. And then his energy was also – I mean, obviously, that's a great, great night for him. Um, Would you rather have Vooch? Not, not on this Bulls team. Not on this Bulls team, just in general. I'm going to yeah. throw two players No, 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 no. It's, it's all context matters. You can't say, I know what you're about to well, say, well, so context matters. That could matters. be the follow-up. That could be the follow-up. Oh, we can goodness. give context in the follow-up. Robert Williams yeah. or Vooch. Not on the Bulls in general as a basketball player. Who's, like, in NBA standards. Uh, you know, it, it's so interesting because big men these days, it's about fit. But, you see, Robert Williams works in Boston because they do not need any scoring from him. They just, need, they just need slop from him and defense and rim protection. Uh, on this team? I didn't say on this team. I said who's better. But, see, I said on this team. So no, you a, didn't. No, yes, you I did. did. No, 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 no. You, we, we were talking we went down about, the list. No, you, you, were, you were saying how Vooch, you didn't like Vooch as a big man because he didn't play For deep. this team. For this team. No, because then I wouldn't have made the argument for Robert Williams, and that was the first oh, so person that came up. What I said, I apologize. I did not communicate clearly okay. enough. That's mm. on me, speaking. Okay. I, I apologize. Well, but, you, but you love Vooch, right? Uh, you know, uh, here's the I thing. I like Vooch. Here's the thing on on this team. See, you can't disassociate what they gave up and what they thought they were going to be doing with Vooch. Okay, and it's so much that they gave up, and it has hamstrung them Ooh. so much in terms of not having the picks. And where they are, but, but, but now but what is that? What is that seven pick got the Bulls in the last four years? Kobe White, Wendell Carter Jr. I mean, it's not like you're getting some sort of Lowry marketing. Okay, wait, wait, and got to be very. You cannot context matters. You cannot say the Lowry Markin is no, all no, of a no. sudden some star because he's not a bad team. I know and putting but, up a ton of shots uh, and points. But but don't don't go talking about the picks. Just just stay here about Vooch. The problem is, the problem is that this whole mix doesn't work without a healthy Lonzo. It's, that Facts. is the problem for the we whole about that. We damn about that. thing. Because there's not enough defense on this team without a healthy Lonzo. When Lonzo. those three are on the floor together. It's right. When those three are on the floor together, you need two lockdown defenders in the other two And that's two why spots. they put in Caruso and Io to Correct. fill out the starting Correct. line. Correct. And, and, and if, if that were Patrick Williams and Lonzo or Lonzo and Caruso as you're finishing or whatever it was going to be, yeah. then it would have a chance of working. But without Lonzo and without two lockdown defenders in the other two, in the other two spots – all of a sudden, the defensive inadequacies of all three of them becomes a problem, and you can't watch Vooch's defensive inadequacies and, 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 and cut him full-on slack. The, the thing is, he's a damn good player, man. He's always been a damn good player. It's just it's a disappointing fit without Lonzo. Like The whole thing just doesn't make yeah, any damn the, sense. And the bigger problem is 
I can't tell you that Lonzo Ball is ever going to be himself again, and I definitely don't think he's going to play again this season. But they posted a video dunking. I know, but then, <laughs> but then but then here he is saying that he's got to face the realities of he might run out of time. Yeah, and if he, you're saying that already here on Jan 16th. He still has pain. Yeah. That's he tough. still has discomfort. Later, yeah, that's tough. That's a sad place to be. I, I told you – it's gloomy outside. It's also gloomy when you start talking about Chicago sports when yeah. people are celebrating the number one pick as like the biggest thing going. Whoa, 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 whoa. The Bears is not a gloomy situation. The Bears is a delightful situation. This is a Marshall. <laughs> I said separate, celebrating the number one pick. Se- separate yourself. Separate <laughs> your your contrarian instincts. And, and, uh, understand. I mean, take away from take your way away your Angelo Cataldi training <laughs> and, <laughs> and understand that the number one overall pick the most cap space in the NFL and the fact that you already have your quarterback puts you in incredibly advantageous. This is a general manager's dream. It is. Right now this offseason. And I'm watching this entire super wild card weekend with the Bears constantly as the lens through which I'm watching these games. I don't know about you guys, and that's where we're going to start conversationally with the peoples is like these games, but you're thinking about the Bears. At least I am the entire time. What if the Bears had that? Oh, is that something they need? Is that something they should target? Well, maybe they shouldn't go after that because look how it's working there. Or this, what did they do to put that together? Like the entire thing is about this, this offseason, and I find myself, even as a baseball guy, Oh. Ravenous for Bears offseason thoughts. Yeah, and and the answer to all the questions you just asked, uh, yeah. the rhetorical or they weren't rhetorical. They're you asking as you're watching the game. They need all it's, of them. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and that's part of the problem. It's like, okay, Ryan Poles, you literally have every GM front office's dream ever since the creation of sport. Right? This is it. There you go. This is it. Now what you gonna so do? What are you gonna do? I know. So you're watching like ah, uh, and it. But you know what? We got guys like Gabe Ramirez. Wow. who are positive. And know that the, the the right decisions will be made, and the optimism is clear. But not every decision, and that's one thing that I am a realist on. Right, you can't expect Ryan Poles to hit a home run on every single marker that's there and that's put in place in front of him. That's just not realistic. He's already right? shown you he's capable of fail. He's, yeah, he's capable Woo. of, of concern oh, moves. Yeah, trust in Ebner, um, Vellis Jones, although he showed a little bit there little towards bit. the end, and the, I, I the Claypool trade, man. Yeah, I, look, look, and he, and he, you know how he couched it with the whole, he's not even really here for this season, he's here next year. He's like, can you show me a little something? <laughs> can I get a little teaser trailer? Well, why, can't, why, can't we use, why can't we use the same arguments for Chase Claypool that we use for Justin Fields? Well, there's no offensive line to give Justin enough time to throw. Well, there's, no, no, there's not an offensive line to give Justin the time to throw to Chase Claypool. I'll tell you why. I'm just saying, why can't we use that you same why. thing? I'll tell you why. Because Chase Claypool has a history in Pittsburgh that was disappointing overall, and then a very smart organization and a really smart head coach said, no thank you, and moved on from him. So that informs everything uh, so far. Don't stare at me like that, Marshall. I see what you're doing over I'm there. I'm just listening. Right. I'm just listening mm. to these great This is what I hear inside of <laughs> I like to hear great <laughs> opinionists opine. <laughs> I think, because I'm a Chicago apologist, that you know Chase Claypool is going to be just fine. When a guy comes on in his press conferences and says, hey, you know what? I'm glad the Bears traded away a second pick, sec- uh, second round pick, because I know I'm better than that. If you go look at the wide receivers that have been taken over the last two years uh, in the second round, you know, you're not necessarily saying that like the top guys are just like for sure favorites over Chase Claypool. Christian Watson and George Pickens. Christian Watson, you wouldn't have said that at the beginning of the season. He mm-hmm. had some good games as of late, so that so you you know your, the recency bias there is going to lean you in that direction. And then Pickens, 
I mean, you, you can set, you can make the argument for him, as did the Pittsburgh Steelers, mm. but then you just got one guy. Well, you're one I, guy, so you're hoping and banking on one wide receiver to be the, the home run hitter out of all them yeah, that but you're you, picking you, in that but, space. But you're getting four years of a rookie contract, whereas with okay, Claypool, you're thing. only getting one more year of a rookie contract. And, and the hope is, right, that, that unlike a, a rookie, or not, not unlike, but you're going to get an offseason together. Mm. You're, if you're telling me that Justin Fields is going to be a better passer, who's going to be the beneficiary there? It's going to be guys like Chase Claypool. So his stats are going to be better. You're expecting Cole Komet's stats to be better, Darnell Mooney's stats to be better. So why can't we have that that same uh, thought process when it comes to Chase Claypool? I'll feel very comfortable if Chase Claypool next season is on a successful Bears team and he's the fourth best receiver. Fourth? Listen, I, I don't have high hopes for him. Well, then the assumption there is that the Bears are bringing in three other receivers. Well, no, Cole Two Komet. Others. I got Cole Komet. Mooney will have a bigger year. And, and Mooney. That's what I'm saying. So he, you're right, okay. You see what I'm saying? Like, I. He can't mm-hmm. be like your top option. That's that's what I know. That means we haven't done enough in the offseason, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like give me top three though, Mark. Through the trenches. <laughs> give yeah. me top three though, at least like. Uh we're gonna talk about some of these issues during the course of the day. As I mentioned, we will uh get rolling thinking about the super wild card weekend with a Bears lens. Uh, Sahad of Sharma gonna join us at three o'clock to talk about news that legit did come out of the Cubs convention. I had some moments over there at the Cubs convention. Um, was a part of things on Saturday after being ill on Thursday and Friday. I gutted it out to be a part of things on Saturday at the convention, and I'm sure my uh, my showmates will give me all kinds of flack for making that missing the show, but then making that on Saturday. Priority speed. I'm ready. I'm ready to take it. I tomorrow. think you figured it out. I think you figured out the the, the correct formula to I operate. Just, it, it's a long story. Uh, before we go to break, I do want to say, Marshall, thanks for hanging out with me today. Fantastic oh, no, Gabe, thanks, job. Th- thanks for hanging out yeah. with me. Like, uh, it was yo, a lot of fun. You put up with me today. You no, know what? No. You easy. showed how tough you are. Easy peasy. Speaks, let, speaks says all the time, I'm easy peasy. You're easy, equally as easy. So make sure you guys check them out. Four, five, six, and ten. I'll be working on all CBS night. CBS 2. Tonight? Yeah. Oh, I'll be man. All night. It's all as good. That's a big double. The thing is, uh, Gabe, don't tell anybody. That job that Marshall's doing, it's not that hard. Oh, okay. Okay. He did okay. tell me he's only on the air for two minutes. So I, I mean, yeah, two, two to three. We get three minutes of four. Oh, three minutes of four. My bad. My See, bad. I, I got to tell you, I, I used to be an intern when I was in college in Boston. I was an intern. Bob Lobel was the, uh, the, the, the Boston sports guy, and he would do the six. He would do the six o'clock. He'd show up at like 4.30, you know? He'd write for a little while, hang out. He would do the 6 o'clock, and then he'd go out to dinner, go somewhere else, come back about 9.20, do the 10. I'd be like, this is living. You know what? I need to try it that way. <laughs> that's not what I do. But no, it's probably I not. To, I need to try it that it's way. It's yeah. second year. So. <laughs> Maybe it's a different world now, Marshall. I apologize. So, yeah, we'll talk to Sahadev. Uh, Mark Willard, my buddy from San Francisco, we'll talk about Brock Purdy and the Niners a little bit. Paul Charchian from Minnesota. We'll talk about Kirk Cousins and the Vikings a little bit. Will Purdue at 5 o'clock on your guy Vooch and the Bulls and much, much more. So thank you, Gabe. Thank you, Marshall. Adam Stadzinski's with me, Matt Spiegel. Solo all afternoon. Keep it right here on 670 The Score.